Back in the saddle again, Mike Madrid and your my um, esteemed co-host, Bob Graswich. Bob? Great to be here, Mike. Good to be with you again. Yes, sir. Great topic today. Or Interesting topics. topic. Yeah, cannabis and public safety. Who would have thunk? Right, right. There was an interesting, well, you know, there's always been this talk about dispensaries being worse than liquor stores and dive bars for attracting crime. And it hasn't proven to be the case. Um, and I think we can look at Sacramento. Sacramento is, is one of the, 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 the cities that has really looked at this over the last seven, eight years while, uh, while they've been, been uh, permitting uh, dispensaries. They have 30 of them in Sacramento. And they have found that they do not cause crime. They are not a crime magnet. They, they, I have heard, and it makes perfect sense too, not to interrupt, but to interrupt, uh, crime actually decreases around dispensaries in the city of Sacramento. You, you took my, my line. I'm sorry, yeah, I took that, the punchline. That's where I was going, on the punchline. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's true. I mean, that, that's what the studies have shown. Yeah. And I think now we have a study out of UC Irvine mm -hmm. uh, that establishes, and this looked at a, a day in the life of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So it's just LA. Yeah, yeah, and a day in the life is one of those, th I mean, it's interesting, but I don't know how valuable e these, uh, these studies are. But nonetheless, it showed that they equated cannabis dispensaries with restaurants mm -hmm. in that they, they suggested that um, they, they, because of their, their they, they activate a block, you know, they'll activate a neighborhood so there will be people around, there will be less crime when there's activation. Um, more people in their dog walkers and uh, whatnot. Uh, more people on the on the streets. Better uh, for for safety. Worse for criminals. Well, look, Bob, I got to tell you, I when I was first when I first heard this and talking to staff at the city of Sacramento and to some other people, you know, kind of observing and law enforcement. When I heard that that crime was actually going down around dispensaries, I got to tell you, I I wasn't quite buying it. So I did go sit down and meet with a staff. Um, that was working on these issues and asked that question and said, is this true? The answer I got was yes. And I said, well, how can that possibly be? And their answer was a good one, which is um, each dispensary is required by the city to develop a public safety plan for their perimeter. And they jealously guard that plan and follow it tooth and nail because it's a part and parcel of their business. If they are not policing, self-policing, and not working with law enforcement to make sure that crime isn't a problem, they're going to lose their license. So they have as much a strong vested interest in making absolutely certain that there aren't any problems in their area than pretty much anybody else. To the point where now you see dispensaries sighted across from parks, not too far from even preschools, and the areas are actually safer, at least in Sacramento. Yeah, and of course there are uh, limitations to where you can, you can put a dispensary. In Sacramento, in every city, really, every city, no city is uh, going to allow dispensaries to pop up wherever they wish. Right. You know, you have neighborhood concerns, you do have the limitations as to how close you can be to a school, a park, a, um, a rehab facility, um, a church. Um, and, and any any neighborhood sensitivities really they're they're all looking at that which is reasonable I think and I think the the, the folks in the industry would, would would agree that that's a very reasonable requirement but you're also right if they're generating a bunch of calls for service um, they're going to jeopardize their license now that's not to say everything is working swimmingly in the safety space around dispensaries no and this was the unfortunate uh, it was a, a tragedy that, that unfolded I think 48 hours or so after this UC Irvine 
study was released. Of and course. This, this, yeah, timing is everything in, right. in, this, in this world, isn't it? And, and this was a tragedy. A, there was a robbery, and, and this was in, in South Los Angeles, and I, I don't recall the, the street. But, but it's uh, in the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, in the city of Los Angeles, and um, a, a, there was a robbery attempt at a dispensary in, in Los Angeles, and a security guard was killed. Oh, wow. And I believe three other people were wounded mm. uh, in the in the So shooting. Yeah, oh. in, the, the, in the gun battle that, that, uh, that followed. And uh, it was a uh, obviously, I uh, say, just an absolute disaster for uh, for all concerned. And this thing, th this is the the fear that everybody has now. The the timing, of course, was was one thing, but you have to ask yourself, you know, what is it about dispensaries that 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 attract criminals? Is, is do they want to steal the weed, or do they want to steal the cash, or both, or both, maybe? Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking that the probably a big part of that attraction for for a bad guy is the cash because it is a cash industry and there are solutions to that that uh, we should be able to come to we've talked about this before of course there there there, there should be a reasonable solution and a relatively easy solution open up bank accounts right right but as we all know, that's not the way it works. And the feds industry. aren't moving on this one, apparently, at least on the short term. No, and there's a lot of folks working on the problem. Um, there are some some uh, credit unions that have decided to take on the risk of, of um, and, and I, I'm not sure if any are in California, but I know nationally there are a couple that are that are willing to take on the risk of opening cannabis um, commercial cannabis accounts. Okay. Um, but they risk they, they they put their license at risk, their their banking license at risk um, for accusations of money laundering. And then that money could be seized, right? Um, and I think the the, the person who, who deposits that money is also at risk for, for prosecution and for losing his money, right? Um, because that money can be taken by the federal government. So uh, under the Schedule One, you know, we, we won't go back over all that stuff, but we know what the problem is. But yeah, one problem leads to another, and there's such a simple solution here. You know, let this industry open up bank accounts or, or credit union accounts, or create have states create some sort of banking apparatus. Something here, but let's fix this. Well, I think you said it right. As long as you have this uh, recipe uh, with the ingredients being cash, a commodity that there's a black market for, even today and now, that can easily be turned into cash, um, you're going to have criminal elements. You just are. I mean, the vending machine business, even still taking you know dollars and quarters, there's always there's always some sort of unsavory element because it's not traceable and it's hard to to track down. It's not like you know you're moving money from your PayPal account or using your debit card where the transaction is is there in front of everybody. It's it's cash, and cash has always brought around an unsavory element. And I remember working for the city of Santa Ana as it was developing its. Uh, ordinance, uh, which was later voter approved, but uh, law enforcement was beside itself because they were saying, "Look, these these illicit shops, retail shops, are undoubtedly a magnet for crime. We're showing up. There's prostitution going on. There's there's uh, burglaries going on. There's all there's all sorts of unsavory things going on. And I have no doubt that that's true as long as it's illegal and as long as people are unbanked." And I don't see, to your point, I don't see how that dynamic changes until you can start depositing cash into some sort of banking institution, financial financial institution, or getting rid of cash altogether. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the answer. Get rid of cash altogether. But again, at some point, you, you need to inter intersect with a bank if you're trying to do business. Um, if you're a commercial grower, a, a dispensary, a, a transporter, a deliverer, 
Um, anybody who's in that, that supply chain, you're going to be dealing with banks at some point. And when you walk in and you tell the folks at, at B of A or Wells Fargo, um, he, I'm, I'm a marijuana, I'm a cannabis professional, um, they send you packing. They, they will not accept your business. And that's, that's just, to me, it's mind-boggling. I mean, here we, we have come so far in, in, a, in a relatively short period of time, just in the for last sure. three or four years yeah. in California, if you look at what's, or, and nationally, if you look at what's happened in the last four or five years, in this country, we've come so far on so many other issues in decriminalization, and man, I mean, here we are. We can't fix a, a simple. We, we we can't. You can't open a bank account, which is it something feels, every every teenager does, right? It feels like the last big piece. Yeah, yeah. Of this, of not just going legitimate, but in terms of actually maturing into a true industry. Yep. And I, I, the multiplier effects. We talk about how many jobs will be created with cultivation. We talk about how many industries are popping up as a result of delivery and retail. The amount of money that would get injected into the banking system and what comes out of being able to use lines of credit, I think it would be um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and because we have, as you said, come so far in such a short period of time, that last stumbling block remains not just a limit on what we're able to do economically, but increasingly it's, I think, the last linchpin uh, and the public safety question. It really is, and and as you say, uh, pe- people. As we open this conversation, pe- you know, people are dying uh, be- needlessly because this these these places have become these magnets for crime. Um, and whether the, the criminal, whether they're they're the, whether they know what they're doing or not, half the time you you wonder about these guys. But um, but in this case, they 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 had to know there was care. They had to suspect that there was cash there, of and that, that's why they, they targeted they, they targeted the place and then that's it. And they along the way they ended up killing a security guard well, and shooting three other people. It's incredible. Um, What's the old saying? Why do you rob the banks? Because that's where the money is. That's where the money is. John Dillinger, yeah. Um, You know, and it's it's a shame, and it's still true. And I'm wondering, you know, whether the banks, with all of their their lobbying power, uh, their their prestige and authority in this country, I wonder where they are on this. I wonder, are they using that strength, you know, that leverage that they have to, to go to Washington and say, come on. You know, look, we're, we're, the banks are hurting in many other ways. I mean, yeah. look at retail, look at look at real estate, look, look at the malls that are all failing across this country. Banks are going to be in, in, end up being holding a lot of empty empty sacks, so to speak. Here, so you would think that they would it would be in their interest to, to tap into that that revenue stream that you just mentioned. Um, Huge billions of dollars, billions of dollars, right? Um, I would think that they would be using all of their every force that they can muster to to go to Washington and say, "Come on, guys, fix this." fix this. I mean, it's time. Let's get over this. This is not 1972 anymore. You know, let's get this straightened out. It has been. The banks have, I think. I'm sure they're involved maybe more than we realize behind the scenes or quietly, but you would think that there would be some larger voices uh, at the federal level from some of the larger institutions saying, look, New Hampshire just legalized. Nevada just went legal July 1st. I mean, this is, this is, it's not going away. It's going to continue. There's, you know, banking standards across state lines we're going to have to recognize. It's too big. It's time to fix the problem and take some action. And save some lives and in the save process. Some lives yeah, in I the mean, process. There, there's just no argument to be made in the counter, I think, on this one. And I, I think everybody from Goldman Sachs on down um, to Bank of the West to, to your, your local banking institution. They no all credit unions. Credit yeah. unions, they all be lining up on this one. Um, yeah. I, I just don't see why they wouldn't. Bob, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We've been visiting on the public safety elements, studies saying it's safer in some isolated instances. uh, It's dangerous. Lives are being lost. We need to fix that last bit of uh, that last 
bit of unfinished business. Yes, Banks, that's, banking. That's the banking issue, and uh, we'll all be better off for that, I think. Until next time, Bob, good talking to you. Same here, Mike. Thank